This is an ABC podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, league lovers and climate deniers, tyre fitters and baristas, dried fruit wholesalers and space researchers, Australian football codes have guided this great nation through its darkest hour. But now, with soul in the shorts, feeling in the feet and joy in the jumper, it's time to bump, it's time to thump, it's time to bludge. Footy mad Aussies, pull them up and pack them down for another blast of bludging on the blind side. With the master of midfield mayhem, rampaging Roy Slaven, and the man who never lets them get away, H.G. Nielsen. Hook another lucky trout, H.G. Yes, uh, TF much Cedric guess been some A.O. torching the blindside blue paper once again. That's the sound of a man possessed with the wellness power of rugby league. That's right, the healing power of rugby league. It's the Sumpster camped in the bludging on the blindside soundproof go cave here at ABC Grandstand HQ Australia. Welcome to another bludge. It's HG Nelson opening the dig for another set of seven. What a week. I mean, holy dooly superlatives. I mean, they drop away words. No words, really. It was an incredible week and uh, a week when too much sport is barely enough and we hope to be able to bring you some of the magic, some of the drama, some of the fun of the last set of seven. And... Uh, well, it was really a wild, uncontrollable, you know, rodeo of a ride uh, this past seven days of incredible action on and off the paddock. The week began with the loud clang of the cubicle door slamming shut as the credits rolled on Series 2 of Love at First Flash. Yes, the romance of rugby league is the gift that keeps on giving in the smallest room. And I must say that theme music which uh, uh, people have asked me, how did we make the theme music for Love at First Flush? It's the sound of a thousand Australians' toilets being flushed in various parts of the nation. It's a hands across the nation. People sent in their tapes, they digitised, they did everything to get those flushed sounds to us. And uh, some of the people working here at, uh, you know, the Blindside headquarters have the magic fingers that can bring that Great theme to life. Now, speaking of new beginnings, internationally, the game got a taste of the Australian way when former Bronco, Eel and Dragon, Corey Norman, unpacked the Hopoade in the south of France to wild acclaim. Ah, look, uh, I don't know whether it would have made the news in America, but certainly uh, people elsewhere in the world were, uh, where they got other things to worry about, obviously, Mar-a-Lago notwithstanding. But, uh, you know, other parts of the world really stood up and thought, bloody hell, Australia, it gets so many things right. The French Tribunal, that's the Rugby League Tribunal, suggested Corey sit down for eight weeks on the plastic chairs and think about his technique. And while he was there, he might think about his future in the caper. Elsewhere, the code's new improved SFS with the fireproof handrails and heaps of toys it says, almost ready. The grass is laid, the beers are poured, and the fowler ware is sparkling. The NRLW will get first crack at the venue when the Roosters pack down against St George Illawarra on September the 2nd. This means that the Book of Feuds, that's right, the Book of Feuds, I mean, they're open, Russell's got his pen out, he's written a bit about the Roosters claiming that the SFS is theirs, etc. you know the story. Anyway, the Book of Feuds will open a new chapter when the Rabbitohs lob to play Easts as the second match on blast-off day, booting off at 7.55pm. So the NRLW first, then 
Roosters v Rabbits. Now, the opening day of action will be followed by a Matildas friendly against Canada on September the 6th. And after that, the joint will be closed for extensive renovation due to a bigger than expected build-up of ex- and excessive usage revol- resulting in revolting substantial plumbing failures. Now, and blindsiders, let's not forget that at the moment, the Roosters get a million-dollar windfall through the SFS gate takings once the foul house is open for business. The poultry in motion loot will be end up feathered, not furred, unless Redfern Oval can have something to say about it. And what about the new Tiger Town barracks? Have you copped an optic? It's a centre of excellence in Concord. We've talked about it here over many months now, and finally the doors are open. It has other clubs licking their lips and screaming... Well, we want one, basically. That's what they're screaming. They appear to be screaming that we want one. What's Valandis doing about it? I don't know. We'll get to that later in the show. It's a $78 million complex, has everything, including a barber. Ooh, you know, is that how rugby league's improved? Haircuts? I just let that dangle. Haircuts. Barber. A sleeping room. Well, I understand that. The blokes are you know, exhausted, a wellness centre and most disturbingly from my point of view, a wrestling arena dedicated to tackle practice focusing on the spear, the hip drop and the cannonball. For God's sake, no one tell Craig Bellamy about this. He'll have the shits. Now, in Joey John's news, the Nuke scrum base maestro says that turning up late for a bus trip is the biggest blight on the current game. Ooh, I wish I could see things through his eyes. The biggest blight on the current game is being late for a bus trip. Well, very big call. We unpack the comments later in the show. How about our old gold fruit and nut with the extra Brazil? They went down in a heap of flames on the pampas to the pumas in a tune-up for the World Cup in France next year. The tune, fruit and nut, 17 attractive points, but the pumas, pumas on the pampas ran in 48. It was a record defeat and an old-fashioned continental South American style touch-up. There were no excuses. At least they were honest about that. They were just outbeaten, outplayed and outscored. It's certainly worrying that there were no excuses. I did notice, though, that they seem to be turning out with an OAP lineup these days. I think Bernard Foley's been recalled to the starting lineup for the next test. It might be against South Africa. We'll have news on that later. But uh, I'm not sure where we're going here. Maybe the future of rugby union is in aged care facilities. Anyway, with this shellacking, the Fruit and Nut are now seventh in the world rugby rankings. AFL, and what is going on at North, Tasmania, Giants and Bombers? I mean, they're all needing coaches, and what's more, they, well, more to the point, they all need players. I mean, how's this going to, I mean, McLaughlin, of course, is cashing in his chips now, he's had enough, and rightly so, he's murdered as many people as he can, now he's sick and tired of death. He's sitting tired of wiping, wiping the uh, bloodstained putty knife clean with a rag in the hip pocket. Anyway, he's leaving leaving the game in a total disarray. And with the AFL, the uh, well, the update on the AFL, the boo is banned at the SCG, while a record crowd turn up for the Swans and Pies. And uh, Tasmania, everybody is suddenly on board pressing the go button. It's all tickety-boo now. I'm not quite sure what's held them up for so long. Just people, I suppose, doing things that people do. And in a roundup of trot news from the dump end of the conveyance, Victorian Emma Stewart has 99 Group 1 victories uh, and will be looking for her 100th Group 1 next Saturday night at Tapcourt Park Menangle in the Nutrient Equine Finals. 
It's going to be great to see if uh, Emma Stewart can get the 100th next Saturday night. I mean, I know I'll be there, Roy will be there, and many bludging on the blind side people will be there to hope that major celebrity, Petrarca or first responder can get there for Emma. Uh, Petrarca had a great run. I think it might have been Tuesday night. A record Tapcourt Parkman angle, 400 metres uh, from the uh, the conveyance. Tremendous, tremendous trotting action. And now, as we do every week on The Bludge, we pause for a moment to thank all rugby league players, families, friends, administrators and officials. We, as we down the tool and leave it alone, we say thanks, people, for your service to rugby league. And in this minute of quiet reflection, I ask all Australians to find their inner touchy. That's enough. Thanks, Australia. Thanks, Rugby League. And now, to get the blindside barge away from the wharf for another week, it's time to ask the man who gave the world the voice of hope to step up to the mic for another spray. The voice belongs to Captain Hope himself, rampaging Roy Slavin. Roy, happy Rugby League. Can we get the bludging bunny in motion for another week simply by asking what highlights caught your restless eye this week? Fully sick, Simon Dude! Yes, thank you very, very much, H.G. Uh, Nelson, and uh, happy Rugby League, H.G. Uh, to you and... Uh, and to your family, and could I just say on a personal note to uh, to thank you for your um, for your uh, service to rugby league mm-hmm. over the years. Look, it's been an easy burden but, to carry. I, I, I suppose. I and, suppose. And I, 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 your advocacy and mm. many matters, and we'll get to some of those in a minute, especially the sure. retaining the rugby league grand final in New South Wales. Yes. Yes. I mean, well, it wasn't easy. I know. We had to work hard. But we got the result we wanted. And happy Rugby League to all those hard-working Australians who act honourably and honestly and assume their colleagues are behaving in exactly the same way. Yes. I support those thoughts entirely. Indeed. Alana King uh, takes a hat-trick on the same pitch that Warney bowled the ball of the century. Of course, uh, Alana is our our uh, resident leggy, of course, and... Uh, You've only got to half close your eyes to see Warney running in when Alana bowls. And Elise Perry is in sparkling form. Uh, She missed out, of course, in the Commonwealth Games team. But uh, in the 100, this new format, this new format of cricket, which is very exciting, I think she's won two uh, Player of the Match awards on the trot. And uh, Beth Mooney has just fallen short of recording the first century to be scored in the 100 uh, ball format. She scored 97, I think, from memory. Um, This uh, 100 format looks very, very exciting. Mm. Uh, I assume it will replace in time the BBL format. Um, I'm liking these truncated formats uh, of cricket. Be nice to get it down to oh, I don't know maybe two overs. Two overs, I think. Yes. Uh, and you'd really have a red hot game. You could play the whole BBL in yep, the afternoon. That's it. I'm all for it. Yeah. Now Ian Chapel uh, hangs up his boots uh, as a commentator. Very sad. Uh, well, yes, I think he's been commentating for about forty five years. Uh, of course, a very fine player, very fine captain. Um, and uh, I've had a fair bit to do with uh, Ian over the years uh, on other issues. He's been a, a great uh, advocate for um, uh, immigration issues. Rugby and, League. Um, and uh, I, I, I haven't worked with him on Rugby no, League at all, very, but I, I'm, I, I'm sure he's uh, very pro-values <laughs> of uh, Rugby League. I see a, a great coincidence between Ian's values and Rugby League values. 
Um, but we wish him all the best, and I hope uh, health is not an issue uh, for Ian and that he um, uh, enjoys his retirement to the fullest extent. Yeah, very good, and I support those thoughts too. A very um, great Australian, outstanding Australian, outstanding not a word Australian. I use easily or yep. lightly. That's right, that's right. I mean, he sometimes could go on a little bit, but uh, he was a commentator. Yeah, that, well, that was a, his job. There was space that was his to job fill. to tell stories. Yeah, space to and fill. And he had a hell of a lot of stories to tell. Yeah, and, and, and many of many of them I believed. I did. And you know, I, sometimes he had me fooled. You yeah. know, I think, oh well, that'd be right. <laughs> he know. Yeah, he was there. He was there. So he reckons. Yeah, I had no reason to uh, to disbelieve him at all. No. You know, when he said he was talking to, you know, whoever about this, I assume it happened. Mm. I mean, he might have made it up. If he did make it up, make it up. Full credit to him as a storyteller. Exactly. 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 Mm. Now, Andrew's Celtic uh, start the season with a five-blot drubbing of uh, Kilmarnock. No easy beats. They're not easy beats, uh, Kilmarnock. No, 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 no. They're a very willing team. Uh, but they were, you know, really ferociously put to the sword by uh, Andrews. Largely Aussie-based. Yeah, Aussie-based Celtic. players. Yeah. Mm, a lot he's, of Australian players. Open the door And remember Harry Kuehl's there as well. He is. Harry's holding Harry's the holding up. Uh, I think Harry's working on defence and a little bit on attack. <laughs> I think he's got a roving commission when it comes. Well, well Andrews like that. I know. Corners, yep. throw-ins, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff, although, you know. Now, Liz Cambage uh, steps away from the WNBL for the time being. I don't know if we can. I don't know if we'll see Liz playing again. I, hmm, I think the jury's out on this one. Anyway, we'll keep you monitored, uh, or keep it monitored, and uh, keep you across it. Uh, now, Alex, the demon, demonar, is to head our Davis Cup team. In very exciting news, uh, Nick uh, Nick Kay is uh, he's withdrawn with concern over his knee injury. Oh no! So he's had to withdraw from the tournament this week, I think, because of the knee. And he, of course, he's preparing for the U.S. Open. And I was sort of his shoulder that gave. Yeah, him I that, did too. The, yeah, no, it's the knee. The hips. It's the knee at the moment. Mm. It would seem. Anyway, we wish Nick all the best and hope the knee comes good. Uh, over the next week or so in preparation for the US Open. But we're certainly going to miss him in the Davis Cup. We will. Uh, I don't know who we're playing in the Davis Cup. Isn't it funny with the Davis Cup? Or when? When, when is it? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's it's da- it doesn't have the profile at once, it, did. It's all done in one day, isn't it? Is it? I think so. I thought it was co- over a couple of years. Oh, no. <laughs> I just well, don't know. Between, I don't know the format the, anymore. No, I don't know who we're playing. Extremes. I know. Used to be clear the Davis Cup. Am I right in thinking it's a round robin? Is it a round the, robin? Now? Except for the winner. Yeah. And the, so the, oh, so they meet the winner. Yeah, they cough up the oh, challenger to the winner. It's too complex. Or the cup holder. It's too complex. We need we need some sort of we need the eye of the storm team to examine the Davis. Wow, Cup. there's a to great idea. To sit down with Little Leighton and get to the bottom of what's going on with Cam on. Smith. Well, Cam, of course. Yeah, Cam Smith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the eye of the storm. Welcome to the eye of the storm. Davis Cup. Davis Cup. What do you know? We know nothing, but we have someone here who knows everything about it. <laughs> Little Leighton, how are you going? Yeah, fine, thanks, Kim. Tell us about the Davis Cup. Oh, well, it's a competition. Oh, good. We'll be back. <laughs> you know what I mean. It writes itself. It writes itself. Um, now, Ash Hawker is ah, our, new, yes. uh, our new clay pigeon shooting world champion. Hats off, Ash. Hats off, Ash. I love it when we have uh, someone... 
who uh, shoots someone who shoots with authority uh, and uh, enormous accuracy. He's the most accurate shooter I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of shooters over the years, mm-hmm. uh, but he really stands alone. Uh, such assuredness, such assuredness. You know, it's it. it the, the, the target comes out of a, a hole in the ground. Yeah, you don't know where trench. it's going to come from. A trench. It's a trench. Yeah, they don't know where. They it don't know where it's going to come from no. or what order it's going to come in. There he is. He's there. Yeah, I know. Bang. Bang. Get. Next. Everybody, I think he got 97 or 98 out of 100. And as you pointed out, he's never been to the Shooting Excellence He's never been to Wagga Wagga. No, never been to He's Wagga. never been to the Maguire Centre. I assumed he was the first product of the Maguire Centre. Yeah, I did too. That Centre of Excellence yes. and Function Centre where you can have a wedding. Uh, and you can have, uh, listen to an orchestra. Correct. It, it, that's right. Yeah. That's right. It's an Because he's got a complex. very fine room. Well, a, v- a very fine orchestra in Wagga Wagga, I yeah. assume. This symphony orchestra. I've never heard the Wagga Wagga Symphony Orchestra, but I'd love to. At the Maguire Centre, after a shoot. Love that. Um, must go down to Wagga Wagga and have a look. See, I've never seen the Maguire Centre. I've never seen the setup. There. Oh, you can't miss it. No, all yeah, roads I know you've it. been there. Yes, you no, enjoyed it. You had a shoot I did. there, I, I think. I did, yeah, I did. And mm. I heard the orchestra. Well, I didn't hear the orchestra playing. Did you hear the orchestra? I heard them tuning up. All oh, right. You know, me and orchestras, we don't get on. No, I know. Often they slip into a Neil Diamond song and that just... Oh, yeah, I know, you're gone. Now, Ash Barty has become um, what's called an inspiration ambassador for Optus. How does that work? I don't know. But she's joining uh, Daniel Ricciardo, who's been a uh, an inspiration ambassador for Optus now for a couple of years. I didn't realise this. I, I haven't seen much of the work. No. <laughs> I don't associate Daniel Ricciardo with Optus at all, but maybe overseas you do. <laughs> of course. Maybe, yeah, maybe overseas. So he's got Optus written on his car I somewhere? don't know, I don't know. I don't or on his hat? I don't know. His stack hat? I don't know. I don't know whether he's meant to talk up Optus wherever he goes. Maybe he is. You know, um, he could say, I've been all over. Oh, look, if you ever go to Australia and need a phone, go to Optus. Yeah, or the other way around. I've been to, I've, I've been, used phones all over the world. Yeah, nothing, no, nothing as good as Optus. Thanks very much. Okay. Well, I suppose that's what Ash will have to do. And coverage. If you well, want coverage. Uh, maybe Ash is going to lift the profile of Optus a little bit. Mm. More, you know, because Daniel hasn't. Mm. When I serve an ace, I think of Optus. And I don't know what it's worth. I don't, I don't know what it's worth. I'll be a couple of mil. Hope so. Uh, speaking of Ricciardo, many are suggesting that he won't get an F1 drive next year. Yeah, very sad news. Uh, well, it's sad news if it's true. I don't believe it yet. Well, hang I on. I think Alpine are going to reach out to him. Right. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he'll be driving. And if not, there's dry powder in the supercars. Yeah. Oh, the supercars are always here. I mean, we'd love him in the supercars. I'd love him in the supercars. I mean, the last time I saw him, it was some Optus do. Uh, I said to him, uh, look, mate, uh, Supercars? We'd love to see you in a supercar. And he said, I'd love to be in a supercar. Have you tried Optus? I said, no. Uh, now, this is very interesting news and very good news. Shane Crawford, the former, I want to say... Uh, Hawthorne. Hawthorne star. And remember, of course, you're very big... Very big in the, the footy, footy show, etc., etc. Et industry. He is to star in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Uh... I'm not sure what role he's playing, but I hope, uh, and I know the uh, the musical theatre community is in shock over this. <laughs> uh, 
I think it might have now, been. Now, is this in a local production? No, no, no. This, this is, uh, this is uh, I want to say, a, 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 a professional. Fully professional full, full, to play, professional. The, say, the Capitol or the Star Theatre in yeah. Sydney? No, no, no I, I, I don't know if it's touring Australia, but it's certainly, um, it'll be in one of the big theatres in Victoria, in Melbourne. And I, you'll have to help me here. Who else would be in the cast? Will Marina Pryor be in the cast oh, with him? Oh, look, I don't know anything. Look, the only thing I know about... Craig McLaughlin won't be. We're pretty no, sure he won't that. be in it. The only thing I know about Joseph and the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat is that wonderful song that I hope Shane will be doing called Any Dream Will Do. Right. Is that something Jason... No, Jason didn't sing that. I think no. it was originally sung, I want to say, by Max Bygraves. Whoa. A funny act. Hmm. Max that's, Bygraves. That's a long time ago. It is a long time ago. But Max made a hit of it, I think. I don't know if Max Any appeared in do. the show. Um, but as I say, I, I don't know enough about it. But, but certainly Jason Donovan was in a production. He was. And, and long but whether he West sang on. Any Dream Will Do, I don't know. Yeah. But that's the only song I know from the show. Yeah, fair enough. And it's a great song. Yeah, great show. Great show. And when he, I haven't seen it, but no. when the coat's revealed. Yes. Whoa. I know it's great. I know. I don't know if Shane's wearing the coat. What a great idea. Yes. A I mean, new, I, I, a new read. But you can see how the producers would have thought, you know, who can we get to, you know, add a get bit of people grunt. in? Yeah, add a bit of grunt. You know, sure, we can get a great singer, but who, <laughs> you know, great, great singers are a dime a dozen. There's only one Shane Crawford. And he was very funny, I want to say, with, the with Sam on the footy show. And he had his, a little He section. had a thing going with yeah, Sam. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, very funny. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah, I, I think a Very was... experienced theatre practitioner. Would Sam be able to go in this well, show? Well, Sam might be in it as well. That'd be great. Sam and Shane together again. Anyway, <laughs> wonderful week for the greatest game of all, um, as HG has alluded to, well, in fact, more alluded to, spoken about, the Rugby League Toilet Connection has mm -hmm. reared its head again. There's certainly a special relationship between Rugby League and Toilet. <laughs> mm. Now, Penrith outlast South at the, uh, in the grand final rematch on Thursday night, I think it was. Terrific game. I thought Penrith were fantastic. Um, very disappointing for South. So mm. Luttrell was ropeable towards the end because up until the last couple of minutes they thought they had it won. I understand. Um, so they could see, you know, top four, all of this sort of stuff. Hey, well, yeah. that's gone. Uh, the man of feathers... Man um, of feathers. ...puts the Peritet government on notice. Uh, I don't know where this is going to go. I, I, I hate it when rugby league and the New South Wales state government fall out. Yeah, well, it's... It's not good for rugby league and it's definitely not good for the New South Wales state government. It's been very poorly handled from my position. Very poorly handled by both sides. I know. Oh, no. Why can't we have a middle ground here? We'll, we'll try to get to a middle ground at some stage. Well, we're happy to act as honest brokers. Let honest me say brokers, that right yes. off the front. Yeah, 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 if, yeah, yeah. If Peritet and Volandis well, want to get into a room, yes. we're happy to go in we're there with them. We're happy to go in and, and help out. Yeah. Look, the big winners so far in what's been going on is Easts. I know. They've got that wonderful home ground I now. Billion-dollar home ground. I know. It's just incredible. And a million dollars. And a million dollars money. is a lure to yeah, use it. Tea money. Come on down, fellas, here's a mill. Uh, now, Canterbury Bankstown have snared the services of Cameron Seraldo. Don't know if this is good or not. I, I don't know what Cameron's done over at Penrith, but Penrith are in very good shape. I mean, there's Penrith, a hell of a lot of daylight, 
and then probably the Storm. Is Sorrello in charge for the match tomorrow or today? In Look, fact? I don't know if he's the defensive coach, whether he's the offensive coach. Or just looks after or the just, plastic Or just, you know, sits beside Cleary and nods. I assume that's what he does. Ah, fair enough. Cleary says something, Sorrello nods, yeah, mm-hmm. as you do. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he'll be have to do more than nodding. But he's got Trent Barrett to uh, help out. I think Trent Barrett no, is no, now, no, he's assisting he's at the Eels. Eels. Yeah, Trent's gone to Trent's the Eels. Trent's gone to the Eels. Well, baffling. I think he's working on their halve combination. Is he? Yes. Remember, Trent had to bring the Trent, plastic chairs from home right. so he the did. team had something to sit on at half time. He did, he did. Hmm. Funny how you well, it's a bit of a shame, things. really, because in my mind I wanted to have Cameron and Trent together, but it's not going to happen. Uh, not yet. Unless Trent decides to Jump withdraw ship. from Canterbury-Bankstown and go over to Bulldogs, but I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, now there was a ceremony I attended uh, at Rugby League HQ this week. It was a, quite a lovely ceremony, really, where the Rugby League service medals were presented to... Steve Edmed, Rod Slater. Ah, uh, yes. Phil Rod Slater got one. He did. Phil the young, the young boom. The young boom prop. prop. Yeah, that's Which, right. He buggered knees in the end. Yeah, the knees very sad. Through. We didn't see the best of him. We didn't. Uh, yeah. Might have played for Parramatta there for he a little did. while. He did. Phil Sigsworth. Ah, uh, yeah. And Robert Simpkins. You the truck. The Robert the Truck Simpkins. I'd forgotten all about the truck. Well, what a are. goer. Yeah, he was. He was yeah. terrific. terrific. Service player. medals. Service medals, Yes. And I think this is a great thing because many rugby league players um, haven't received their medals. I know it's hard to believe, but uh, many haven't. And uh, I take my hat off to uh, the New South Wales Rugby League for now acknowledging the the service made by so many players and uh, having them acknowledged in this way. You know, that was completely independent of my minute silence for yeah, people who play rugby league. Quite, that was totally. Just, yeah, uh, it's quite just in the air. But yeah, it was just something in the air. It's, it's called a zeitgeist. Yeah, exactly. The zeitgeist of rugby league. Uh, and just finally, the storm obliterate the Broncos. God almighty. I don't think Kevy's going to get his bonus. <laughs> I don't other, think he is. I mean, it's time to... He's so close to the top four to the bonus. I know. And now he's going to struggle to make the top eight. I, know. I don't think the Bronx are going to be there. It's, I think it's going to be the Raiders making up the eight. It's time for a change. Make of that what you will. Leichhardt Oval has the oldest rugby league toilets in the world. They must be preserved. Bludging on the blind side is asking all lovers of the greatest game of all to sign the petition and send a strong message to the Inner West Council, the Parotet Government and Federal Authorities to keep their hands off our history. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, it's been a difficult week in some parts of rugby league, but can I start with a really good news story? Good. For more than a century, <clears throat> they've been the heartbeat of a little town, the glue that keeps the community together. This is in Sneesby's Rag. I think last Tuesday it might have been. Mm-hmm. But a few months ago, things were looking grim for the Bar Kuldeen San Goannas, a rugby league side. Mm-hmm. Now, numbers were so low, pre-season training, uh, they couldn't field a team, they couldn't find a coach, nobody wanted to put their hand up except a 17-year-old youngster. This is a story about tomorrow, I'm telling you. The committee faced with a choice, accept defeat and fold or let Mannix Hunt coach. The president, Reese Peacock, a great rugby league mind, Reese. Uh, he was there the whole time wanting it. 
We were very apprehensive because of his age. When it comes to sport, people can be very critical and sometimes a little bit nasty. But we had our first home game and he really impressed a lot of people. Thus began one of the rugby league's great under, underdog stories. And could I say this decade's great rugby league underdog story? Mm. So after taking over as captain coach, captain coach. At 17. At 17, Hunt brought with him a tribe of family members who helped out in the canteen, mm-hmm. ran the sidelines and pushed player recruitment. Now, these were people who turned on the pie warmer. They got the jumping castle up and jumping. They did the urn. And they also did the tickets right. and directed parking to yes. the best view yeah. of the ground, etc. From the brink of closure, he guided his hometown club to a life-affirming premiership. On Saturday, the San Goannas twice came from behind to the beat the Black Old Magpies 14-10 in the Queensland Central West Grand Final. Wow. Uh, I was lucky enough to see this match on television. They had to win their last three home and away games to squeak into the finals. And the grand final, Hunt said it was, it was a grind. The mm. hardest game we've ever played. Mm. Now, Hunt, an electrician by trade, who finished school last year, came through the San Goannas juniors and had long dreamed of playing first grade following in the footsteps of his dad and his uncle. They were having trouble finding a coach and I loved playing footy and I wasn't going to sit around on the weekends and do nothing. So he said, bugger this, I'll put my hand up and give it a crack. Good on him. Now, Australian of the Year, yes, young Australian well, of the Year. It's certainly young Australian of the Year. I now, mean, what, what an achievement. I know. The woman fuzzy feelies don't end there. Yes. The day after the grand final, the every San Goanna's player was auctioned off to the winners who dressed them up for silly Sunday drinks in second-hand oh, clothing. Yeah. Yep. It's actually that would have been funny, of, yeah. Yeah, funny. Good. They got the op shop involved. Good. The local charity store run by volunteers. That's where $3,700 was raised. It went to Viv, the club's 90-year-old matriarch who had a car accident a week ago and, and leaving her without wheels. So they raised money to yeah. buy the 90-year-old matriarch a new car. Well, not new, maybe. Sure. It's a good second-hand car. Okay. Now, he talked... Well, about, could, could the other car be repaired, her car? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think the, well, it's three and a half grand. Well, you get a lot of repairs for that. Oh, if you, sure. If you know labour cost, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you'd yeah, be able yeah. to go down yeah. the records. So it would have been Barkledean Motor Body Works or something <laughs> like that? It would have been. And the wreckers, yeah. I was going to the wreckers first. You get a muffler and the, the next the, to nothing. young hunt kitty doesn't work there, does he? No, he's an he, electrician by trade, oh, so he, right. could, he could do the car wiring, do re, yep. re, do the wiring. Okay. I sort of winged it, he said. I had a fair bit of support. A few older blokes helped me, gave mm. me a bit of knowledge. Anything's possible if you put your mind to it, I guess. Now, what a story. What a story that what is. What a story. Now, is that the sort of thing I, the storm, should be looking yes. at? Yes. Yes, that's a, it's a perfect story for the I, the storm. So... Cam, first, Cam and the crew first, go up, go to... Bar Caldine. Yep. And talk to Hunt. Yep. The electrician. Yep. The 17-year-old. Yes. Now to 18 probably. Yep. Uh, now, then he, he sh- ch- takes him through and his And the techniques. elderly citizen, the car yeah. accident, take us through that. It's and they there. did what? Yeah. <laughs> and photos of the people dressed up in the funny clothes the from funny the op shop. In the funny clothing, yes, from the I op mean, shop. It's a great... Good. It's a wonderful community story. Exactly. And that's exactly. what rugby league can do to a community. I know. It can know. bring it together. It's both healing balm on the one hand, isn't it? It is. It's healing balm and it's the glue. The glue. Perfectly it's balm put. and glue. I know, perfectly put. It is just a great thing. And to set against that, to the, the kerfuffle we've had this week with yes. the... Uh, I mean, doesn't it make what's what Volandis and co were up to... Seem a nonsense and cheap, cheap and um, horrible. Cheap, exactly. Hey, Exactly. Now, we come to that. Look. <clears throat> I'm going to suggest that perhaps a, um, a service medal right. could be presented to this hunk kitty. 
Now, can I add something to that? Mm -hmm. I, I, not for, I don't resign. Resign? For one, you know, well, you I'm never resign. From that. No one's no. asking you to. No. Okay. But can I add something to it? The hogs for the homeless. Oh, yes. You know, Freddie and that lot throwing yes. over Harley-Davidson roar off into the sunset. Yeah. Could they head up that way? They could. And lay some turf on the oval it, from pictures that I've got. Well, maybe they could do something else because their turf work has sort of backfired, hasn't it? <laughs> I just use that as a starting point. Yeah, sure. Maybe they could have a day... A, a charity match for yes. the town, for the rugby league side or for the matriarch or mm -hmm. whatever it's going to be, yep. a charity match where the Hogs yes. play the the town winners, the Sand Gropers. Oh, sand okay. Gallagher, yeah, sand I, I, right. I, I, and yeah. charge a mission, obviously, all the proceeds, the urn, sure. the jumper castle, the pipes, et cetera, all sure. donated. Or <laughs> maybe the Hogs could blow in and um, do their production or small production of uh, Joseph the American, the... <laughs> <laughs> Technicolor dream coat. After snaring a tight four points in a top of the table clash, do you like to relax with a large one? Why not meet friends and family at the Feathered Trouser Bar? It's a top hole for bludgers on the blind side. Now, <clears throat> we've been saying this for some time on the show, in fact, probably several decades that the jig is up with the grand final. You sell it off to the people who want to pay the most for it. There's no point, you know, trying to trade it off, uh, you know, concessions here and concessions there. And so it was this week that we found, even though you and I have tickets to the Rugby League grand final in Sydney yes. and have had them for some time. Months. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the whole wheeze is in the air because it appears that Volandis only has one card to play, we'll take it away from you if you don't give us more money. Yes. Now, I felt, you know, I've been associated it's with cheap, rugby league. It's cheap, isn't it? Cheap. Exactly, that was the word I was going to use. Cheap. It cheapens the whole thing. Uh, it cheapens rugby league, mm. cheapens Volandis, makes him look like a bit of a carpet-bagging crook. Yes. Well, some might say he was or is, but yeah. doesn't, I don't. No. Uh, well, now, well, no, of course not. No, he's one of the great Australians, outstanding Australian. Now, mm -hmm. on he's Tuesday, just trying to do... The, the, best. Be the best for rugby league in his view. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a line with it, I remember. Uh, but it's short-term thinking because the Paratet government is likely, uh, as I suggested to the Premier last week, mm -hmm. I said, look, all you've got to say to Volandis is, all right, the Penrith Stadium, that's gone. Yeah, I know, I know. That's not going to happen. Yeah, why would we because wait 60 million? Because it is million? madness. Why spend a billion dollars? Yeah, a billion dollars. You know, servicing a community where often you only get two or three hundred people turn up to watch a game. <laughs> what is the point? Mm. Mm. It was the same with poor old Easts. Mm. You know, they're going to find, oh, great, we've got this great home ground, you know, seats sits 150,000 people, ten people there. Mm. I mean, that's what rugby league doesn't draw a crowd. I know. They've got television. They've got television. Yeah. People like to watch it on TV at home. And you know Like what? I do. <laughs> Yeah, unless it's like Hart Oval. Yeah. But then you get a different experience because it's history. Yeah. There's no history with the new bloody East's complex. No. That's true. I'd forgotten that. that. I mean, the Buble might come and open it. Yeah. I think Guy Sebastian might be down to open it. Is with he? His, I just made that up. Right. For God's sake, I thought Guy Shane Crawford might do it. Oh, Shane Crawford doing the Any hits. dream will the do. Hits, hits of the coat. Yeah. Now, I... Where I thought it was very cheap was Philanders made some jokes at Gillan McLaughlin's Did he? Uh, expense. You know, he said, uh, you know, we've got to take the rugby league grand final away from Sydney. We've got to take it to Melbourne. <laughs> 
Hope you're listening, Gil, etc. Right. Sort of and then there was another one. Well, if you don't want to make a bet with the Premier because he won't pay up if you win. You know, ah. That sort of stuff. That sort of line of, you know, sure, funny. funny in the right yeah. context. In another context, maybe at a pie night over at the dogs. Sure. In Belmore. Yeah. Be great. Go over a treat. Yeah. But not when you're dealing with people who's, you yeah. know, you're asking money, huge amounts of money huge for every of money, day yeah. of the week. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't the rugby league, I mean, I mean, I might be wrong here. It's it's private enterprise, isn't it? Uh, well, now this is a this is fascinating private, question. Yeah. Some clubs are privately owned. Yes. Therefore, the whole structure is uh, like well, profit uh, based. CEO, CFO, all that sort of stuff. Profit, profit based. Profit based, like now, Kevy with his, you know, <laughs> getting his bonus. Bonus. If yeah, they get. Own, as nearly as I can tell them, and listeners will know this better than me, they're mm-hmm. owned by News Limited. Yeah. And they, News Limited haven't given them back or they haven't sold them. No. Now, then you get Manly obviously owned privately. Yeah. Roosters probably much the same. Don't know. Then, then you, you – know, no, I agree, I don't know. But then you get clubs, genuinely owned clubs, meaning they have a a, a, a committee yeah. and a president and all that sort of stuff. Sure. Old-fashioned structure. But the club's there to make money. The club Otherwise is there Otherwise you wouldn't money. have poker machines in the clubs. No, that's true. But – They're what, there to make a profit. Yes, but where does the profit go? Back to the club or to individuals? Well, well I don't know. No. There's, a lot, of, there's a lot of fog here, isn't there? Fog. See, no. we've got to have transparency. Well, you never get that. Can I say the term commercial inconfidence yes. now is a set of curtains that drops in front of transparency sure. almost on every issue in this nation? Sure. Now, can I come sure. to the matter at hand? Yeah. I tell you what, it reminds me of the Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, now, yes. The fog. Now, on Tuesday, this is uh, Snooze Beach Rag again, uh, Landis, the Man of Feathers, and NRL CEO Andrew Abdo turned up about 20 minutes late for a long-planned dinner with a small group of executives from nine NRL broadcast partner in the glass in at the Glass Brasserie in Sydney's Hilton Hotel. Right. Now, I've no, no idea what the, what the food's like there, but I imagine there's no room, idea. For, room no idea. for a number of people to gather. Now, right. How many people were at this meeting? Well, wait a minute. Well. The pair apologised but had good reason to be last to arrive, having just emerged from another meeting with the N- – another meeting, get it – with the NSW government, that's the – Peritet tool outfit, yeah. officials discussed terms for the grand final deal. Right. Volandis refused to go into the detail because of the Commercial fog. incompetence. Yeah, commercial incompetence. Good. Uh, about the proposals from the Premier or Queensland, i.e. the bidding partners here, the, the two sides of the, yep. you know, the bid. But atten- attendees who included, included nine chief executive Mike Sneesby. Oh, Sneesby was there, Sneesby right. Sneesby was there. Director of Sport, Brett Williams. Managing Director of Radio, Tom Malone. Managing Director of Publishing, James Chessel. The executive editor of, uh, you know, the uh, yeah. the Sneesby rag, to- Tory Maguire. Right. Editor, Benjamin Shields. Left in no doubt that a deal with Queensland for grand finals was a distinct possibility. Volandi seemed genuinely torn by the standoff and expressed concern about the impact on fans. Whoa! What impact oh, on fans? Yeah. It was always going to be in Sydney. Yeah. They just tried to squeeze the lemon. Yes. Now, you were there at that meeting. You yeah. were just happened to be passing through. Yes. You spoke for about an hour. Yeah. What, how did your remarks go over and what was the tone and the tenor of your remarks? Because well, it was a pretty august meeting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I, ex- I, I was there to speak on behalf of the fans. Yes. No, I get that. I get that. And I, I simply said to them, look, the fans I speak to and the, the, the fans I meet on the buses, buses and, you know. The Happy uh, Rugby League community. The Happy Rugby League community. I see it Leichhardt Oval, you know, reminiscing about the good old days and at Birchgrove Oval, which was the birthplace of Rugby League. 1908. 1908. Ding, 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 that ding, bell. Ding, 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 ring that bell. And out came Daily Messenger. And I, I reminded them of this and 
I told them how much people were looking forward to Cam Smith's Eye of the Storm show. Um, there's a hell of a lot of interest in that. Mm-hmm. And I, I discussed how much money the Paratet government had given to rugby league over the years. Um, well, the New South Wales government. Generally. Generally over yeah, the years. And specifically the, the Paratet, Paratet government. government's uh, agreement to settle the worry about where the grand final was going to be taking place and got it to be in Sydney at the very cheap price of $108 million. So $108 million was passed on to the New South Wales Rugby League uh, with a view to that going to centres of excellence for yet-to-be-determined clubs down the track. Now, I know you're associated with Watsford Oval. Yes. There was no mention of Watsford Oval. Right. And And I said to them, look at the absurdity of having the lift there and the lift that that takes you nowhere. Surely it's time to fill in and have the stadium built around the lift at Watsford Oval. Well, they laughed at me. Want to get involved in the cryptocurrency caper, but you're after something with a rugby league twang? Why not sink the hard-earned into the Maroonarium or the top-of-the-range Gutho? Available only through bludging on the blind side. This is the bludge. Now, after that meeting, of course, Roy, uh, the deal was eventually done to keep the showpiece event at Harbour City, uh, obviously, as everybody now yep. knows. Yep. Uh, obviously, the clock was ticking. Um Valandi's sort of got an answer with, uh, you know, you were close to the negotiations and you were told that the New South Wales had upped its offers to around $8 million. No, $108 million. $108 million, sorry, $108 million. I figure close to the $10 million Queensland purportedly uh, put on the table for the decider. Well, which $10 million was never going to get it. Exactly, it was never going to... Never going to get it over the line. I know, never going to get it over the line. Now, the difference will be offset by the greater number of seats... Yep. That can be sold to a larger homebush venue. Yep. Now then, a real burnt from previous experience with the New South Wales government. Wait, well, I'm not sure exactly how. Yeah, where those things are and how badly they were burnt. Mm. Waited until they received an offer in writing before announcing the deal. Uh, Dom and I, I believe, are very good friends. We had a couple of weeks ago. Dom is a very good premier. He's a good human being, but uh, don't have a bet with him because he won't pay you mm. if you win. Now then, they get down to the problem of. Uh, well, if you'd asked me at 3pm, he thought Queensland was favourite to get it. I don't know the exact time, but negotiations swung around once the 108 million came through. He said, uh, he, um, he said they don't want to be pitted, the NRL, against the flood victims in terms of how they use the money. I don't think that's appropriate. We're the first ones to want to help flood victims, and we did. We deferred our season launch this year to give all the money to the flood victims. Any idea what he's no, talking about? No, I don't know what he's talking about there. The New South Wales government had $123 billion infrastructure spend. Ours is $300 million. It's mm. not even a drop in the bucket. It's not even a rounding error. Yeah. Now, that $300 million is a very uh, reduced figure in what they're spending because, as we understand it, they won't even pay for half of what's happening out of Penrith. Oh, no, no, no. Penrith is going to top billion the, dollars. Top the billion dollars. Yeah. Of course it will. It's not even a rounding error. Because as you made mention of, it might have been the week before last, that, that, that they haven't even bought the ground on which it's which, going to sit, which is still owned by what? The trotting the, community. The trotting community. Yes, they have. Well, the trotting community, community aren't going to give it away for nothing. 
And if I was in the trotting community advising them, I'd be sitting on I'd it. I'd be sitting on that land and saying, all right, how much do you reckon it's worth to exactly. you? Because I can tell you what it's worth to us. Yeah. A well, fortune. Exactly. And we're not going to reveal what a fortune no. is because commercial incompetence. Absolutely right, Roy. Now, can I just finish this this up by saying now that can I put the cat is out of the bag with regard to this? Yeah. Where does it end? New Zealand. WA want things. Well, it might go to New York. That's what exactly my Anyone point. Anyone can bid for it. Exactly, it's gone. So the it's fans gone. Fans are now last in the queue. In the queue, yeah. And it's a very short queue, yeah. but a lot of bloody daylight between Volandis and the fans. That's right. And the people who love league. The so, people who are the go sand goanas. Yeah, that's right. That, that that's right. You you, you hunt types. Yeah, exactly. You seventeen year old dreamers. Exactly. Who are doing something for the town? But they're the forgotten people of rugby league. Uh, someone suggesting here, H. G. Your thoughts on the whispers going around about the Queensland government building an eighty-two million dollar touchy centre of excellence. Is that on? I've heard whispers. I heard of that. whispers. I mean, even at that meeting, you came back from that meeting. You went where you spoke for an hour. Yeah, I did. I did. I think. I, I, I think there's a lot of excitement from the opposition in Queensland, but the Palaszczuk government is not that supportive at all. I know. They don't I care know. about touchies. That's a, that's a fact. Anyway. See, where it goes to from here, I mean, would they – I know they've signed Kiss to perform on uh, the uh, oh, first Sunday in October. Yeah, right, good. Uh, Kiss will be the, doing their final show ever. Good. Well, Ki- the, Kiss won't come cheap. They won't – that's, that's what I mean. You know, you've Is got the, to pay a bit of money for Kiss. Yeah. Sure know something, all that stuff. Yeah. I was made for loving you. I was you. made for loving you, baby, it's, yeah. Uh, all that stuff. I mean, that's right. They might cheap. even do any dream will do. Would they? Well, I don't know. You'd have to pay them a fair bit. (laughs) They'd have to learn something new. I'm not sure that at their age they're able to do it. I don't mean to be unkind. That's true. But, uh, look, can I just say, you know, it it, it certainly is gone now. Mm. People used to be able to say, well, on such and such a day we'll be able to barbecue and watch the rugby league. Not any longer. No, no. It's an end of an era. No, you're right. Certainty. God. I can almost remember what that felt like. I know. Remember? Balm and glue. It's the final frontier, and Australia is on its way to Saturn in the Jedinak Orbiter, once we stop bludging on the blind side. Ah, yes. Welcome back to Bludging on the Blind Side. Uh, now, if you want to get involved with the show, the text number is 0467920222. That's 0467920222. Or the old style way, the old school way, royandhd at abc.net.au. And the following have, Roy. Yeah, just on the text, <coughs> she Brandt at Port Douglas. Oh, what a wonderful part of the world. Yeah, Port brilliant. Douglas. Mm, brilliant. Um, breathtaking scenery, really. And Beautiful. the tropical rainforest. Oh, yes. See it before it goes, yep. is my advice. Yeah. Uh, he says that majestic story of the San Goannas yes. would make a great ABC miniseries. It would too, wouldn't it? It would. Uh, yeah. Are, are the ABC making miniseries as much these days? Uh, not as much, but... Uh, it is a great story. Yeah. Although Channel 9 could do it, couldn't they? They could. And uh, have you got some ideas on casting Shane Crawford oh, maybe in the central role? Yeah. I mean, he's suggesting Russell Crowe could be the club stalwart and what have you. 
But it would be the the casting of the seventeen year old. That that'd be that'd be the tricky bit. I'm not suggesting that Shane Crawford do that. Shane could though. Yeah, at a, at a pinch, I suppose. Uh, now uh, this has come from Pete from Canberra. Mm-hmm. How is he? Uh, he says, "Happy rugby league good. to you, your families, etc." Like my good self, the man of feathers is of Greek heritage. Uh huh. Good. His family is from the Aegean island of Kythera. Kythera. The spelling Vlandis is actually an alternative spelling of his original Greek surname, Vlandis, uh, first used by one of his high school teachers. I thought I would share a good news story about rugby league in Greece after it this week received official government recognition as a federation, which means the greatest game of all now has the right to be played in Greece. This comes following a 10-year battle with the Greek Rugby League Federation to have rugby league recognised as a unique and separate sport in the country. The announcement comes as Greece prepares to compete in the Men's Rugby League World Cup in England this October, where they'll face off against France, Samoa and England. Surely this is a good news story that will bring a smile to the face of the man of feathers and his beloved Kithira Crushes Rugby League Club. What a great story. Isn't that a good story? The Eye of the Storm. Why aren't they oh, there? Why aren't they there? A 10-year battle yes. to get rugby league played in That's Greece. That's right. That's right. Or recognised as, as a, as a, as a, a sport, as, sport yeah. of its own. I know. What, a, what an incredible achievement. And maybe they could twin <clears throat> with the Sangoannas. Yes. Yes, they could. They could. Uh, someone else, uh, there was an email, HG, that I'm just having trouble finding, suggesting that uh, Australia is now fourth in the world rankings behind New Zealand, Tonga and England. This has come from Tony in the Boondle Wetlands in Brisbane. That's a shocking thing, isn't it? And how's he rated this? Oh, that well, that's the world ratings. That's the, that's, they're, they're, oh, that's what, if you looked up online... If you look up online, ratings, Rugby League World Rankings, Australia is fourth. You know, I've never done that. No, I've never done it either. I know. But I did I, it this morning. Yeah, I always thought we were number one. Uh, same here. Fourth. 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 Eye of the Storm. New Zealand, Tonga... England, Australia. Ugh. Eye of the storm, where are you? Exactly. What a great lead story. Good news and bad news. Good news and bad news. Great Greece? news in Greece. Yeah. Not so good with the World Cup. Mm. Uh, this is are terrible. you suggesting Greece could put Australia out? Are you thinking it's that bad? Well, that's the implication. Uh, easy to see, isn't it? Uh, now, this comes from Steve in Gibung. I've listened uh, with interest to your ideas for preservation of the iconic Leichhardt Oval toilets. Mm-hmm. Whilst your intentions are admirable, I believe our history needs to be accessible to all. Encasing the facilities in perspex would indeed meet the requirements of preservation, but it also, by its very purpose, excludes the general public to simply viewing from a distance. Might I suggest an alternative treatment for the Leichhardt uh, toilets? Why not restore these loos to their original glorious state mm-hmm. and allow, allow patrons access for a small admission charge? Wow, that's excellent. So $2 for a number one, mm-hmm. $5 for a number two. Yeah. Too steep the charges, do you think? Oh, I don't know. I think people are, oh, that seems a reasonable charge. Mm-hmm. You could bust and say you're going to pay it. Yeah. The, exp- the experience could be enhanced by having a former Balmain great on duty as an attendant a on game lovely day. lovely idea. Imagine handing over your $5 dump fee to Backdoor Benny or having a dollop of soft soap dispensed in your hand by Ciro. I would anticipate quite a crowd turning out, happily handing over some loose change to enjoy a truly emotional experience. Mm-hmm. 
Now, you know there, I'm just wondering if I thought the correspondent was going to head in a slightly different direction. Yes. Which I think is equally good. If yep. they're preserved in perspex, could mm. we tour them? Do you understand what I mean? That Would it be possible to, say, take the toilets of Balmain, mm. because they're per- preserved in perspex, mm. and, say, put them on put display... Put on the back of a truck. ...and take them to Federation Square in Melbourne? They're not used. They're no. an installation. Yeah, I don't Do you know think about that. Cheapens that. I, it? No, I don't know about cheapens it, but I think it would compromise. You get cracks and all sorts ah, of things. Ah, true. It wouldn't. They wouldn't travel down the. No, because they're, they're built they're made out of bricks, and you don't know what the footings are ah, like. Yeah, true. They're probably brick footings, not yeah, not cement. concrete footings. Because yeah. back in the day, you know, this was, uh, they didn't have the money. They didn't have the money or the technology. Days. No, no, no. It was just people putting in as best yeah. they could. Yeah, that's and right. They did a great. It's lasted this long. I know. Uh, and it has a definite twang, patina of usage. Yes, patina of usage. Yes, I take that your point there. And and that's the experience that you can't get anywhere you, else. No, no, mm. no. That, that's what you're looking at mm. through the perspex. And I, I I think it should be enclosed in mm. perspex and remain there. But I'm not opposed to oh a replica being built, say at Federation Square in Melbourne. What a lovely idea. <laughs> Of course, you'd need a fair bit of massaging. Uh, well, we'd probably work through the Melbourne Storm. The Melbourne Storm would speak to the local the council, Andrew, the Andrews government, government and say, with. "Could we have could say we, and show them what it looks like? Yeah, tell say, them the story. Yeah, hundred square meters of yep, the square yep. donated to the that's right replica, <laughs> like hard rugby league oval yeah, toilets. Toilets. Mm. Mm. Uh, Andrew from Bundaberg. He says, happy rugby league and happy donkey circuit. Yes, good, good. Speaking of donkey circuit, I've been giving serious thought to the mid-evening entertainment of the gal v. Queenslanders bout night. I think last week we were suggesting maybe an echidna against a bulldog. To fill an hour, could the organisers consider a hot dog eating competition? They're great. People love that. They're great. For example, the world-renowned Japanese hot hot dog eating champion, Koibayashi. Koi oh, you can put him away. Versus a bear. He's faced off against a bear before. And this could be an epic sequel to the middle of the night epic, uh, uh, middle of the night uh, of epic sequels. Last time the bear didn't even know it was in a competition. <laughs> get out. Get out. But that'd be great. And you'd have not... to, could you get a bear? I suppose you'd get a bear from one of the local zoos. You could. They'd have bears, wouldn't they? You can't have a koala bear. A brown bear. bear? Does he mean a brown bear? Oh, he means a big bear. Yeah, a big some brown sort. bear. Now, can I ask, I think that we have... Koala bear wouldn't be interested in exactly, hot dogs. Exactly. wouldn't. They just won't eat they hot dogs. They won't eat anything, I mean, but would, unless you made a hot dog out of specific eucalypt that they eat, but it wouldn't work. But, but you know, they're going to rebuild the thylacine, yeah. the Tasmanian thylacine. Oh, Why yes. don't they But build... they're not going to get it up in time for gals' fight. If no. you think of this thylacine eating a bloody hot dog, it's not going to happen. <laughs> If we're interested in bears eating hot dogs, why don't we get science to have a crack at turning a koala bear into a meat-eating hot dog? Bear. Well, I suppose you could. You'd... The imagination. Well, well, what an interesting challenge that would be to work. Now, mm. coming back, uh, as I understand it, uh, two yeah. things here is the the <clears throat> on the donkey circuit, we do have a hot dog eating champ in Australia. Do we? Who went to the worlds? Oh, and yeah. I think yeah. I think finished up third. So a mm. Japanese Australian international match hot dog eating would be, yeah. have some appeal. Yeah. The other thing is the how, ga- many, how many do they put away, and what's what's how oh. does it work? Actually, is it over an hour or I, how many you can eat? Yeah, in an I hour? think it's two. How or many is it in how an many hour? you can eat in a minute? Or first to fifty. 
First of 50. Ah, okay. I mean, I made that up, but right. that would seem to well, me Well, that would be funny to watch. It would. It would. Because you get a countdown from the crowd. One, <laughs> two, three. Wouldn't now, you? you would. Now, the other well, thing while is. While people are tucking into their. Yeah, their steak. Steak and chips. chips. <laughs> Cafe Paris. Yeah. Now, can I point out also, Gal is worried about the two-pronged fight challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he says the what will really get to him is he gets himself up for the first bout, mm. then has an hour to cool down oh, well, and get up for the second no. bout. He says that'll be a real stretch. No, he's got to take them on at the same time. He's got to. It's got, I, I don't two in the ring at the same time? Three in the ring. Yeah, well, obviously. Gal sorry. and the two heads. Yeah, yeah, the two heads, yeah. Bag and Hodges. Yeah. Uh, Matthew of Stanmore Park's been in touch. He says, happy rugby league. Mm. After your discussion last week about Lang Park formerly being a cemetery, which might have been the week before last, I did some research to find out the details. Burials, this must be in connection with King Wally wanting to be, mm. we suggested mm. King Wally might be buried yep. there. Burials occurred there from 1842 to 1875 and later relatives were given the opportunity to have the remains and memorials moved to another cemetery. Not all remains were claimed, understandably. Fair enough. Yeah, no, no, I, I get you. The headstones of the unclaimed were used as landfill. Very cruel, isn't it? Very but cruel. most amazingly, from the 1920s onwards, the Worth Circus set up their big tent in Lang Park once a year. Uh, when their popular elephant named Carly died in 1956, it was buried at the site on, uh, in Lang Park. So, so the, you've got the elephant there with the leftovers of those that weren't reclaimed from, from earlier times. 42 to 1875. The next year, 1957, Lang Park became the headquarters of the Queensland Rugby League. So there are people still buried under Lang Park and an elephant. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that a fascinating story? I the storm. I know, and. I the storm story. And how about this? They take their spades. Oh, and storm. have a dig. See yeah, have a dig. Find. See and find. And would they be able to read the, you know, they can uh, run machines over it, which indicate oh, what's going on. Say again? The geophys. Yes. 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 Now, would that spot an elephant? Oh, of course it would. <laughs> now. Of course it would. Science, bring mm. that elephant back to life. What stories it could tell? <laughs> they never do forget. That, you know, they they never forget. No, no, they don't. I don't know mm. if memory is housed though in the DNA, no, in enough. the bones. Mm. Either storm of, though of Carly was it Carly the elephant? Yes, I think Carly. So. Worth circus. God, wasn't well, that a great? And circus. what a popular elephant! You know, some say the most popular elephant. Carly. Ever oh yeah, hell of a lot of daylight <laughs> after Carly. Uh, Oliver's been in touch. The great Russia's state of origin debacle is... Yes, that's a good this. start. Um, he said, I listened with keen interest to your forensic dissection last week, this is a couple of weeks ago, the failings of the greatest game of all, particularly around the 2022 VB versus 4X state of origin jersey sponsorship fiasco. Well, fiasco, And like suggestions that, that Resch's should be a sponsor. Uh now, growing up in the working class paradise of the boundary of Redfern and Surrey Hills in inner city Sydney mm -hmm. and proud Rabbits and Blues supporter, mm -hmm. my fondest childhood memories are of lighting a bunger out the front of the iconic Resch's Tooth & Co Waverley Brewery on South Dowling Street and ripping off the top of a silver bullet long neck while wagging kindergarten. Great days when a certain bunger brand sponsored the cup. That would have been the Woodfield Cup, I guess. Ah, yes. And Scanlon's footy cards were a hot property. 
but I digress. The long tentacles of a South Australian company bastardising the New South Wales beer industry, leading exactly 41 years later to the destabilisation of the 2022 Origin Series through uh, Jersey sponsorship fiasco, is a long story. The first chapter of this conspiracy is that Tooth & Co., the mob who bought out your preferred sponsor, Resh's, in 1929, was raided by the Adelaide Steamship Company in 1981. Adsteam, after raiding Tooth & Co., ran into the ground and engineered the closure of Sydney's finest breweries. Waverley Brewery, of my fondest childhood memories, was flogged in 1983 and became a block of apartments. South Downing Street became a car sewer that is now the eastern distributor and the rest is history. Kent Brewery, Maltings Brewery at Carlton Street in Mittagong, uh, Blue Bow, Lismore Brewery, they all fell like dominoes. Adsteam, before going bust themselves in the 90s, then flogged the remaining assets to Cartland United Breweries who acquired a majority share in Tooth & Co. The second chapter of the conspiracy, the, as you know, CUB are a Melbourne-based company, so Resh's cannot be any more a New South Wales-based sponsor than the Blues' current sponsor, old VB herself. The third chapter of this conspiracy is that, is that Resh's Pilsener is brewed by CUB in Queensland. <laughs> so there is no genuine New South Wales beer. Isn't that incredible? What a story and well-researched and well... Isn't that uh, wonderful? Argument beautifully put. History, it's a fascinating thing, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? <coughs> Rush's is brewed in, in Queensland. In Queensland. What an insult. No wonder the Blues can't win. Yes. <laughs> and I thank all correspondents. Yes. You're camped on the blind side. The tent flaps are flapping and you need a big stink. From Roy and HG. Now, originally this story began, uh, well, got sidetracked into a discussion about how grant money uh, of $12 million from the community sports grant ended up uh, in an, building an underground car park at Penrith Panthers. Yes. That was the thing that first started, a, well, what I describe as an iceberg effect mm-hmm. of, well, that's one. How eight. did they get that car park built for $12 million? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I well, assume, million? Are you, are you sure it's not 120 million? Well, well let's leave not, that aside for a minute, the money. The, the thing is that this columnist in the Sneesby rag then yeah. said that they thought that 300 million was being spent on the new stadium, but right. then they the facts began to emerge, and as you point out, it's close now. It looks as though by the time they buy the trotting track to build it on, it'll be up around a billion. Yeah. So what we have is the... Um, uh, you know, sources, uh, you know, two sneezebees deep throat says the government says a 25,000-seat new stadium will cost $300 million. They describe that as nonsense. Right. The going rate for new stadiums is between, wait for it, this is a fascinating figure, 15,000 to 20,000 a seat. Wow. 15,000 to 20,000 a seat. But it's easy to see why because by the time you put in plumbing, oh, yeah. you know, power, yeah. poker machines, all that sort of stuff. All of that. Etc. It builds up. Yeah. This means the twenty-five thousand new seat stadium at Penrith will between three hundred, three seventy-five, <laughs> and five hundred to start with. Current construction industry price escalator is between five and seven per annum. That's rubbish. It's way above that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's way yeah. above that. Well, I've calculated another media commitments that sometimes up around twenty-five percent per annum. Yes. I think now, that's right. I think that's right. So then we get uh, the costs don't include compulsory acquisition of the paceway. We've talked about this. Yeah. They the Penrith paceway. Oh, compulsory ac- acquisition is yeah, it? Yeah, but the difficulty is is can that stand up now in court? 
Well, I'm not sure. Well, that, yeah, excellent question. I mean, is I'm it, not sure. So they've got uh, they p- priced that at twenty million. Well, that's rubbish as well. I mean, as you point, twenty million doesn't sit. even pay for, it, for the memories. <laughs> it doesn't it pay. Doesn't. It doesn't pay for the garbage cleaning. No. Now, does that mean looking at this? Let's say it is going to be around a billion. When we reckon it will be, could I suggest for every dollar spent, the state government in return will get about three cents? Oh, you're being very optimistic. I suppose really. I am. Now, let's continue I with mean, the... this doesn't stack up as a business it, case. It doesn't. Remember, of course, they've already spent 12 on the car park. Now they're working well, on the... Well, the... the I don't believe those no, figures. No, You cannot build a car park <laughs> underground <laughs> for 12 million. You can't. <laughs> now, of course, to move to the paceway, the new site will also need government to fund the associated infrastructure for the new raceway, meaning roads in, roads out, stop going people, traffic lights, all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's a ton of stuff for cost. Estimated cost around 80 million for that. Yeah. So added up, you ended up with over <coughs> five to 600 to 650. Yes. The, the sources then say Parramatta Stadium, 30,000 seats, opened in 2019, April 2019, uh, cost 360 million, 12,000 per seat. Allianz, which will open in two weeks, that's the one SFS, yeah. uh, 42,000 seats at a cost of 820 million, 19,500. Well, they're just. They're just last year's figures. We got a lot of things cheap well, last year. Well, in, and inflation. Inflation. And, of uh, course, and you can't get a tradie for love nor money at the moment. You can't. You cannot. Now, can I put all that on pause and come to that story? I was working with this in other media commitments concerning what's available at the new Sydney football stadium with regard to things to eat. Now, where I get really cross with planning is when it's suggested that a prominent outfit will have a venue inside the new Sydney football stadium that serves lobster. Mm-hmm. How many rugby league fans today can afford to go, let alone pay the price to get in, but afford to get there early enough to consume a plate of lobster? Now, mm-hmm. it's great at the moment with China. They don't want our lobster. Sure, so there's plenty for you and me. But it's a long time since I've been to a restaurant and bought lobster, largely because of the price embargo. I cannot see you getting anything less than for two for about 85 now, that's not the only thing that drives you nuts about the Well, that's catering. true, but, but surely the lobster would be put on when Andre Rieu's playing. Well, obviously, and... <laughs> I mean, it'd be... be horses, horses for, for courses, courses. Yeah. surely. Get that, I get that. But then you get... The surely problem. no chef would be silly enough, you know, east v... South. Souths, you know, crowd of 310... To knock out the to lobster. To knock out, you're not going to, it's not well, going to happen. The Burt's Bistro, a spin-off from the Lux Newport eatery. Burt's Bistro? Burt's Bistro, that's what it's called. Is that at the new yeah, stadium? Yeah, the, the new stadium. Has that opened yet, Burt's Bistro? No, I think it opens next week. Good. We'll serve grilled lobster and garlic, duck Good. liver crostini and wagyu berenays with berenays. Now, they've got another restaurant there called Toddy's. That's going to offer a range of anti-pasta, pasta dishes, available sit-down. The takeaway, but who's got time at the football, the rugby league, to sit down and eat? Well, it's in the a past, whole new concept, isn't it? I know, it? I know. Well, see, the thing is, I haven't been in the new stadium yet, so I didn't know it was a sit-down at a table. It, it's like uh, a fight uh, night. Watch your rugby league. Yeah, through the glass in front of you, through, hoping the blood doesn't come back in, wash back uh, in here. Crossing. You're hoping, you know, someone doesn't land in your lobster while you're <laughs> yeah. trying to tuck in. Yeah, trying to crack a few claws. Yeah. Now, it's, I assume it would just be lobster tail, HG. Well, it doesn't matter, Roy. Yeah. You've got to sit there and get the knife and fork out and cut in with a bit of, <clears throat> uh, you know, Oh, nice no, bread. I know. You've got to do that. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you don't eat a... Lobster like you eat a hot dog, but maybe that's what 
That's what you do there. He's Maybe made, it is served in that way. But he's Maybe made, you just wolf it down. Great lobster. You had a bit of lobster. <laughs> Maybe that's a how Lobster it is. and chips. Yeah. Lobster no, and chips. just wrapped in a bun of sorts. And would you have to go and get it or would somebody bring it to your seat? Well, let's say you go, and, you go and get it. Just queue up. Just queue up, yeah. And so well, you two see. beers, uh, brewed in New South Wales if you got one. Yeah. And two lobsters, thanks. <laughs> With sauce? Course. So some of the other outlets here, they've got <clears throat> well, 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 hang on. I think I saw a lobster, lobster tail. Might have been twenty five bucks. Oh, you do. You mean at the fish market? No, I mean at Woolworths and Coles. Oh well, yeah, now, something like that. Now, uh, but they look good. Yeah, I, I don't know where they came from. I don't know if they were local. Well, you see, it's changed because of China. Yeah. Uh, oh, are we importing lobster now from China really cheaply? Is that what you say? <laughs> <laughs> Young moderns, want your gnocchi served with a gobful delivered by a top-flight rugby league prop? Join thousands of footy fans at Fafita's on Pacific Highway Cogra and tell the head waiter Moz you're a bludger on the blind side. See, where we get to here is is that the new stadium, the Allianz Stadium, owned by, you know, obviously the Roosters, mm-hmm. uh, who are got some sort of guard to keep rabbits out. Anyway, uh, they've uh, they've organised a number of venues inside the Allianz Stadium where sports fans will be able to loosen up pre-game with a pre-game game Negroni and oysters. Sure. Spend half time with steamed prawn dumplings. And, well, you know. No, it all sounds again, great. It does, but is it? But, but is it real? That's what uh, you're saying. Yes, thanks very much. That's the way I want to put it. Yeah, see. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to talk Burt's Bistro down or anything, but... They're great. They're, oh, I'm sure they're great. Mm. But arguably, if you sell, say, seafood extender <laughs> in a bun, yeah. there may well be a little bit of lobster in there. Uh, yeah. Well... You know what I mean? Per every 100 metres. <laughs> yeah, you, you might have You two. and I have seen seafood extender... We have. ...in, in, in its natural state. It's... It's certainly a challenge. Yeah. Now, so then we have in these in the new footy stadium, we have mm. the Dahong led Mzgi noodles and dumplings. Yes. Dumplings, pork buns and salt and pepper squid. Oh, pork buns are lovely. Yeah, fantastic. And general admission includes Jimmy's Fael El Loco and Vinny's Pizza, yeah. sushi, fish and chips. And what's described here is, and I don't like this. Sushi, health. fish and chips? I know. And Well, sushi, comma, fish oh, and chips. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Although I think sushi... Fish and chips would be a good idea. Well, just sushi and chips. I mean, that's exactly, great. Exactly, sushi and chips. Mm. And this is something I should be, think should be taken off the menu right away, something described as healthy bowls. Healthy bowls. Mm. What a turn-off that is Thanks. for a rugby league fan. Now, Birch Bistro we've already covered. Mm. And then there's toddies, it'll, uh, the antipasto, et cetera, as mentioned. If yes. you want to take it to your seat, go for it. Uh, but the chef says um, bolognese pappardelle will appear on the opening menu with one or two exclusions. I'm not doing meatballs. I don't want to be responsible for projectiles. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. See, what gets me is, is this the mm. rugby league crowd that exists today or is this something that exists in Volandis' mind? Mm. Has Volandis looked at this menu and said, yeah, thumbs up? Because mm. it's not takeaway food. It's food that needs some thought the, Attention, about yeah. Ah, attention. That's the word. Yeah, I mean, traditionally, your, your fare at a rugby league game is what I'd call thoughtless food. 
Rugby League is the only code to assist in the development of both the Pfizer and AstraZeneca vaccines. Fact. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, Roy, any text news? Uh, look, Tony, he's been in touch uh, from the Hunter Valley. Yes. He says recently um, he was telling Tilling my daughter, who works for the Queensland Education Department, he must have been talking to her, about the historical concept of bludging on the blind side to get poker machines into schools. And she informed me that Queensland are on well on their way to doing this as the Education Minister is also the Minister for Gaming and Racing. Isn't that a great synergy it is of a great, roles? Now, great synergy. But what I like about it too is the idea of being a minister for a couple of things. Well, that's I think the ex-Prime Minister pioneered this work. We did. Uh, he sadly, did. He, he was all make... about jobs. <laughs> His jobs. Jobs. Yeah. 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 And what a great role model. I mean, everyone should have four or five jobs. Well, six in his case. <laughs> and don't tell anybody. And don't tell anyone. Yeah. yeah. Now, Gee, it... you look a bit flat out. Yeah, oh, well, yeah, I'll be working. What do you do? Oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I can't tell you. I'm just busy. Yeah, commercial yeah. and confidence. Yep. Now, speaking of uh, you know, good news, I suppose, if that's good news. That is good, though, but there's no suggestion that I think the education uh, world is in some turmoil with well, length no, of hours. People and, don't want to be teachers anymore. Yeah, and length of hours and everybody wants to leave and no yeah. pay. And there's a lot of now, red tape now with teaching. Red, you, no, I mean, I mean, you've and, got a lot of forms to fill out. And the suggestion that somehow that people who don't teach but could help in schools mm. do that sort of work for them. But then it comes to how would we pay them? Well, I know how we could pay them. Poker mm. machines. Poker machines, yeah. So I think that's probably where this is going, that mm-hmm. so people flat out in one area can be supported by poker machine contributions mm-hmm. as long as they're earmarked with the saying, if it goes through the slot, it stays in the spot. Yeah. I mean, you don't take yep. the money from if the school's in Ashfield are, <clears throat> what was it that we broke a story a while mm-hmm. ago? They can't afford to repair their toilets. That's right. So they're using some sort of fundraising events to try and get money for the toilets. If only had the stream of the rivers of gold that the poker machines can yeah. produce, yeah. they'd be able to do that yeah. next week. I, now, I, I, I think so. I mean, you, I, you don't want to go overboard with it or anything, but if there were just, say, four or five or, say, six poker machines in the canteen, mm-hmm. So it could be supervised by teachers to make sure that let let let's say we limit it to years uh, ten, eleven, and twelve. Yeah. So anyone younger than that, you can't play. And only five dollars a day. Yeah. Go through and teachers watch. And teachers watch. Yeah. And teachers wouldn't mind at the end of each day emptying out the machines mm-hmm. and counting it, taking it to the bank. And uh, having it deposited into the school account and register with the principal that evening as to how much the takings were for that day. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's simple, really. Simple, really. Yeah. And, and the, the person doing that who might have to spend an hour after school yes. gets paid an extra hours, whatever the increased rate's going to be. Let's say they get a 10%, 10% bump across the board, then mm-hmm. the 10% bump goes to the person who's got the uh, job of poker machine monitor amongst right. the teachers. Right. Well, I'm just making this up on yeah, the run because yeah, 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 it's yeah. got to be attractive. Otherwise, no one's going to do it unless you. Oh felt- no! I, I mean, teachers. I mean, if you're on playground duty, you don't get paid extra for playground duty. Yes, but you're going to have so, to have a tra- trade so off. So, so po- the- poker machine duty is no different. Yeah. Well. Mm. 
No it, different at all. My, it my, comes down to the principle. Uh, you know, the, the principal's got to set the tone for the school and, and ask my, for those to, who are prepared to put in a little bit extra. Is anyone willing to look after the poker machines? Mm-hmm. And yeah, those, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, and those with a gambling problem can't do it. <laughs> no. No, well, that's Never mind how well they know the, know the uh, actual art. Well, the kids still... all know this. The kids yeah. all know if, say, Mr Sneezeby has been spending a little bit too much time with the poker machines, they'd, yeah. they'd let the principal know. <coughs> and then the principal, yeah, hey, Sneezeby, can I have a word with you? <laughs> that's right. That's right. I but, know you've volunteered to look after the poker machines. Yeah, but, but leave I think we might relieve you of that duty. Yeah. Because of the obvious. Yeah. Now, look, uh, <clears throat> I think that a number of places across Australia, I don't want to name them because I don't want to dob them in, but I've had some private inquiries, yes. whether they'd be prepared to give up mm-hmm. poker machines if those machines could be re- relocated to schools in their area. Oh, yeah. Now, that's a breakthrough, I think, that's uh-huh. that's about to happen because it's wrong to think that these would be extra poker machines mm. available for public use outside the confines, the strict confines of the poker machine palaces, which are obviously dotted all around the place, you know, like yeah. Penrith and the Taj Mahal and so on. Yeah. So yeah. as you get the idea that yeah. we take five machines out of Penrith to go to the Penrith High School, five machines out of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. there to go to, say, Springwood High as well right. in their area. And so then we yeah. reduce the numbers there and suggest if people want to get on a machine easily or almost at any time, they go to the local high school. Uh, the general public are allowed... Well, well, I don't mind the general I don't know. public. I made that up on the spot. Oh, I think no, no, it no, 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 that's why I think community involvement in a school is good. <laughs> um. In Stuffed, the Knights podcast, hear how King Cyril the Savage tasked the blinkered knights with finding a cure for bowel cancer. Their mission is not complete, but follow their progress on bludging on the blind side. Sorry, I was too quick with the button there. Oh, and, no, no, uh, you no, know, no, no, I had, no, no. I had to look, get that. I, I think community, community involvement in the schools is great uh, and yeah. to be encouraged. I, I just think... <laughs> During playtime and lunchtime, only kids. You don't want the general public <coughs> no, using the poker machines there. It would go horribly wrong. It would go horribly wrong. No, you, I agree. And you might get the odd sicko to, in that. Yeah, you I don't want to go there. I know, I, know, I, know, I understand that. And they're very difficult then a for up whoever, whoever's on <laughs> playground duty to monitor a lot of adults. Wandering yeah. about. <laughs> I just don't think that's right. No. But during class, Yes, or holiday time. Or holiday time. Or you, weekends. Anyone should be able to waddle in if they've got a little bit of loose change, walking past school. Oh, you know, it looks like they're, they're teaching at the moment. It's not playtime. It's not lunchtime. I'll just go in and you know, drop a few dollars. Mm-hmm. That'd be fine. Mm-hmm. No problems with that mm-hmm. at all. And with CCT footage, if something, you, exactly. if something untoward does happen, yes. then, you know, yeah, you've got all it of covered. A sudden, yeah. and, and teachers wouldn't mind at the end of the day going through the CCT footage. And seeing who's been seeing on the premises. Been... <laughs> now, I've got to... And just log everyone and, you know. Yeah. Because you become familiar with, oh, there's that bloke with the... Yeah. With the, the, with the funny hat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and the... He's back. Fist of 50s. <laughs> now, uh, look, I think that the 
whole structure of this mm-hmm. finance and education is open to new ideas, <clears throat> new yeah. ways of thinking. Yeah, well, we've got to think yeah, exactly. new ideas. We've yeah. got to think right outside the box. And, and because at the moment, the schools aren't working. Exactly, exactly. We can't. They're keep... underfunded. Teachers, don't Teachers do are overwhelmed. Yeah. I mean, some of them have to get in there at 5.30 in the morning and they're not home till midnight. You know? That's right. That's too much. That's a savage impulse. No wonder they leave. No, of course they leave. They'd be you lucky get to last burnout, a, actually. Burnout. Burnout. Now. Right. Uh, Brayton Astor was in the news a while ago when we revealed that he was going to become the host of NRL 360. It's going really well. Oh, good. Uh, he, he's working with Paul Kent from, I think, one of the Murdoch papers. Oh, yes. He just knew he was in for a ride of his lifetime. He says, I just try and hold on for dear life. Isn't Does he great? really? Is that Braith? That's Braith. Hold on for dear life. Right. He's thought about it mm-hmm. and he's realised... Is that because you're working with Paul Kent? Is I think so. He life? doesn't know where it's going to go, who they're going to oh, bag, yeah. who they're going to, you know, libel, who they're going to He defame. likes breaking stories to he does. Paul Kent. He does. And he he, does. a lot of people must confess to him, mustn't they? They People are gagging to confess things to him. Yeah. Uh, I, does I think, he know what was going on at the toilets? Well, I was just going to say he got the toilet door story. Did he? I'm pretty sure he got the toilet door story. Um, I... I, I I don't... R- this was the Delaney Hotel in Newcastle. Is that the one you're Correct. talking about? Correct. Okay. I didn't know Paul Kent <clears throat> broke that story. Now, can I ask, speaking of hotels, mm-hmm. can I ask, do you think the NRL did the right thing buying that hotel in Caxton Street, Brisbane, yeah. which has got the great surf and turf, remember, we spoke oh, about yeah, the restaurant yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, and yeah. you can get a lot of those things you'll get, be able to get at the Sydney Football Stadium there. Sure. Bert's Bistro and all that sort has of stuff. Has it got a VIP lounge, HG? <laughs> I knew you'd ask that, and I don't know. No. I don't know, because the VIP lounge is where your money really is made these days with a hotel. Mm. Now, mm. Uh, $25 million spent on a hotel. Yes. Was that wise to go along the next day to Dom Pir- Tool? Yeah. Mm. Did that look bad in the in the discussion about the, uh, you were there? Yeah. Uh, at the, you know, did that come well, up at the dinner? Well, I think, the, I think the land is, that's a Queensland issue. Yeah. And I'm not talking to the Queensland government. Yeah. I'm talking the New South Wales government, and uh, you know, and and what 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 the Queensland Rugby League get up to? That, that's up to the Queensland Rugby League. Yeah. And just because I'm the boss of the just because I'm boss of the Rugby League, I got nothing to do commercial incompetence. The most decent people on earth, Australians. The fittest people on earth, Australians. The fittest, most decent Australians. The AFL community celebrated each week here on the Bludge. Uh, Roy, have you got something yeah, there on the look, text? Ron, Ron from uh, Jindabyne, HG, is wondering, are the seats at this new stadium, do they have fold-down tables like airline seats for the meals? What an excellent idea. I, I bet assume that would have to be it, Yeah, they it? would. They would. So you'd um, have a plastic knife and fork, I suppose. And the fold-down table and maybe a bit of space alongside, a little... Uh, oh, like a console. A console which, where you could put your drinks and, you know, oh. maybe... Maybe let's face it. You know, you might have um, oh, a like cartoon those, sauce. Those, those th- like cinemas now. Cinemas you, have it all. Yeah, have so all that. A you little can really sit table. back with a glass of wine. Yeah, and cheese, a and lobster hot dog, yeah. sort of thing. <laughs> Sushi and chips. Sushi and chips. You name it. Now, just uh, another rugby league issues yeah. as we come to the end of the show. Now, see, so you get two hot dogs out of one lobster tail. You would. You would. Have you thought so about twenty five bucks? And that's cooked. Yeah, that's, that's cooked. cooked. That's the bit I'm overlooking. Yeah. 
Now, can I so ask... So you just got to split it in half, whack it between a bun with a bit of butter. Yeah. Garlic butter. Garlic. Oh, okay. And, and sauce. Oh, tomato sauce. Sure. <laughs> That's going to work. So <laughs> for that, that... Well, okay. So 50 bucks. 15 bucks each. Yeah. So 30 bucks for two dogs. Mm. Oh, yeah. For two lob dogs. <laughs> you try the lob dogs? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Pretty great. Now. I had six. No way. <laughs> Did. Yeah. I wish they had a lob dog eating competition. <laughs> I'd win it. <laughs> now. Strom coach Greg Bellamy has urged the NRL to consider going back to two referees due to the scrutiny and pressure on match officials. Good. I, this is going to kill Bellamy's game plan. Yeah. Now, the NRL made the controversial decision to revert to one referee midway through the 2020 season, mainly due to cost-cutting measures in the wake of the COVID pandemic, which forced a temporary suspension of the premiership. That's right. Now, is that correct? I, I think they, it was a cost-cutting I, thing, yeah. Yeah, you don't think they got Because the, the referees get, you know, touchies. Did we decide touchies get about $3 a game? Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm leaving the touchies yeah, aside yeah, for yeah. a minute. Yeah. The two in the middle... Weren't they getting in each other's road and one was meant to do one thing and uh, somehow decided they'd blow the whistle on the other thing, whatever the other thing yeah, was? Yeah. So what happened here is one referee model has largely been well embraced over the past two years, but Bellamy urged the ARL Commission boss Peter Volanders from Volanders Land yeah. to explore the prospect of bringing back two match officials. The NRL has a spate of officiating controversies this season, including the Cowboys, obviously much talked about. Yeah. At some stage we might have to go back to two refs. Uh, he said on, after Broncos uh, match at Suncorp, there have been a lot of changes in the game. I was a big fan of going to one ref, but these days, so much to look at these days and decipher. Yeah, that's true. The game certainly is different and it's now. It's so much faster these days as well, isn't it? And well, and coaches are far more cunning than they ever used to be. Well, I know who's they? gone cunning. Yeah. Mm. Now, can I just ask, though? I mean, Bellamy would just like the challenge. I mean, he loves making refs look stupid. He'd love to make two refs look stupid, wouldn't he? <laughs> At the same time. At the same time. He says the game is different now. Mm. Certain interp- certainly the interpretations of the rule changes and the six again penalties inside the 40. So we've had to make adjustments like every team. But can I point out, mm. uh, we've got the bunker doing tremendous work. I mean, you only have to look at how the bunker dealt with oh. the incidents this year. Yeah. You know, blowing the look, whistle. On. when the bunker gets it right, the bunker gets it right, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. <clears throat> it does. Now, I raise this because the AFL is thinking about putting in another central umpire. Ooh. I think we're up to four at the moment, so they'll go to five, <clears throat> right. and by the time you have a reserve, that's six central umpires in every match. Wow. I'm not sure where these people are going to come from. <clears throat> no. And they've got more teams, so that means more matches. Yeah. I'm just well, worried. that's a real cost impost, isn't it? It is. It is so the same with the rugby league. <laughs> I mean, these don't people don't come cheap anymore. Oh no, 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 they don't. I mean, counting to six, you think that's easy? Under the pressure of rugby league, modern rugby league, it becomes extremely difficult. Yes, yes, I agree. Um, I, I agree, and I, <clears throat> and it's very difficult to be Solomon here, HG. I think some matches require two referees, and others only one. I think that's right. You know, if you've got a bottom of the table clash, who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. But if it's number one versus number two or one versus three or one versus five for to get into the top four with a bonus for, let's say, Kevy, yeah. something like that riding on it, <laughs> then I think two refs is fine for <clears throat> that one. Now, come to the roles, though. Come to the roles. Mm-hmm. Is <clears throat> somebody taking over the work that Touchy historically has been doing Right. Or is the what judging t- forward passes? 
you mean? Forward passes, yeah. uh, you know, that weird uh, scoring a try in the corner, all that sort of stuff, oh, yeah. that kicks, uh, obstruction, obstruction, et cetera. Oh, yeah, yeah. Obstruction. I mean, there's so many things to think about. Yeah, and I've only started. I've only half started. I know. All that, remember in the second state of origin, there were about eight, six agains in a row? Yeah, there were. Now, it would have there exhausted. Were. And nobody knew why. <laughs> Including the referee, the one referee that was out there. He looked just as baffled as we were. As players. Yes. And, you know, in, I don't see how, take the AFL, I've seen players stop because mm. they thought that this was worth they the They thought that a whistle yeah. was going to be blown and, and probably the, in their head they heard one that wasn't there. Exactly. So is that what's going on? Is that what's going to happen? Doubled the chance in AF, in rugby league yeah. and AFL yeah. that the play will stop completely yeah. because no one blew a whistle. Yeah. Well, see, that gives me hope because I've always had this dream I, I know. that I agree. you could have a game of rugby I league agree. No referee. with no referee. I know. Is that ever thought the about? The players would know, you know, who's the, hey, 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 hey. They'd know. Think of the cost savings. Save a fortune. <laughs> and as no. a spectacle, you know, the lobster would never taste sweeter. <laughs> The Bludge is principal sponsor of the Brad Thorne Mega Centre for Football Excellence. It's open to all, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and it's free. This is Bludging on the Blind Side. Now, just finishing up with a few thoughts from our um, resident professor, that's uh, Professor Johns. He wants to leave aside the Kalen Ponga Kurt man because we don't really know. We don't know what happened in the tournament. We don't tournament. know about it. We yeah. don't. But the club, this is the Knights, dropped Best and Tuala mm-hmm. uh, for missing the team bus last weekend. And he says in the column, that's one of the biggest no-nos in team sport for me. Oh, yeah. It's disrespecting your teammates. Yeah. I don't care if you've had a drink the night before. You always front up the next day, whether it's for recovery, training or wherever it is you're required. It's just put more pressure on everyone in the organisation. Director of Football, Peter Parr, is a great addition to the club, but he shouldn't have to deal with rubbish like this. Now, Roy, mm. is it the greatest no-no in team sport not turning up for the bus? Pretty much, Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Did you have trouble with, obviously, you had to oh, go out well, orange? We didn't use a bus much. We, we used Walk. to make our own way to the ground. But it was really annoying if, because uh, we wanted to start at three o'clock. That's when the, that's what yeah. it was meant to start. Yeah, that's what the program but, said. But sometimes we'd have to start with only nine blokes out there because the others hadn't arrived yet. Yeah. And so they'd be in there changing frantically and sometimes it was seven or eight minutes before they got, got out there. Got out there. And the other side had run up several tries. Yes. We hated that. Mm-hmm. And you used to have to try and slow down by taking a player out and waiting for the ambulance well, of course. to come on. Of course. You know, well, all tricks to the kid to hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 tricks, yeah, like yeah. tricks like that. But but uh, nothing less forgivable, HG, than turning up late. Turning up late. I, I, I don't mind if you're, uh, you know, you're what we used to say, if they were half-baked or still, you know, a bit wobbly from the night before. Yeah. But as long as you were there to make yeah. up the numbers. You were happy for I people. wanted 13 blokes running out. Yeah. Yeah. Not nine because even if the you had, booze, people at boo, where do you know? yeah. and, and even if you had to drag one out half conscious with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, and stand them in the corner. Because, yeah. you know, after you've been hit a few times. You come too. Because if you know someone's, you know, under the weather, you make them run it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, that happened in the Brisbane match last night, That's I noticed. That's right. That's right. Uh, I think a, a player watered the ground extensively. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, if you, you can't, like, if you, you like can't that, overhydrate. And you get them to run it up, you know, they've only got a bath once or twice. And they're into it. And then, they're, they're, then they come good. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently they sell lobster rolls at the US Open. 
according to Michelle. Yeah, how much are they? She doesn't say. Um, are they nice? Somebody says, uh, happy rugby league from Sang. Lobster tortellini available as an entree at the MCG committee room. Christmas lunch this year. Whoa. Lobster tortellini. Tortellini, only 27 cents per person per tortellini. You so mean very, each very, tortellini? Each tortellini was 27 cents. So if you had 10, you're up to $27. If you have 20, you're up to double No, I know, 10, $2.70. Oh, $2.70, sorry. Oh, that's great. Well, that's sorry. great. That's excellent value. He said very affordable for a typical footy fan. But we don't know if um, the MCG uh, Bert's committee Bistro is doing a tortellini, though. There's no mention of that. No, we're thinking about a nice piece of lobster in a bun. Yeah. With sauce. Exactly. Oh, we're just talking about this food. It's making me hungry and just as well because, uh, let's face it, if you've uh, – Lost the last two hours of your life, you can get them back. It's one of those things we offer here on Bludging on the Blind Side. Go to Bludging on the Blind Side uh, podcast and you can have those two hours free of charge on us each and every week. In the meantime, we'll leave you with uh, the idea that they, we've only got through a fraction of what we wanted to this week and we'll continue to do so next week. Uh, thanks for bludging with us. Join us when we blindside once again, same time, same place, next week. Bye now. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.